Wayfarers, thank you for joining us again today. This is season one, episode six of the We Are Wayfarers podcast, an episode where we talk about some of the practical applications of heavenly thinking invading earthly living, how we live as wayfarers. Thanks for joining us today. Season one, episode six. I'm Ben. I'm Crystal. And this is the We Are Wayfarers podcast. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. And we're, I guess, the hosts. Uh, and so, <laughs> <You> guess. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Uh, and uh, we're just excited about that. Thank you so much for continuing to to listen to us, continuing to engage. And uh, we made it to episode six. We made, we made it to episode six. They made it to episode you six. You made it to episode six. Somebody six. did, right? Like, I mean, the people who tapped out at two or three or something like that. I mean, maybe they'll circle back. I don't know. But uh, we're just so grateful uh, that you've chosen to kind of walk with us in this. Like we like we say uh, or have said quite a few times, like this is just us kind of documenting many of the conversations that we have often um, when we're making meals together, when we are when we're sharing meals together, when we are studying the Bible together, or even separately, one of us will just spout out a, a, a verse or something like that. And so, for some people, this may be like you guys are all over the map. Um, maybe this we is are. just normal this everyday is, this life. Is, this is for us. us. Um, so yeah, if you've hung with us this long, then you kind of know what to expect a little bit. But yeah, this is definitely not. Perfect, not polished. This no. is authentic, just normal conversation. It's just us. So, um, uh, one of the things we want to put on your radar is again that continued invitation to connect with us. Uh, and our website is the best way to do that. Thebravewayhome.com uh, is kind of like our landing spot that kind of gives you a window into not just more of our story, but more of the ways that God can and is using the Brave Way Home and the ministry expressions of the Brave Way Home. And there's a bunch of ways to connect. Absolutely. Yeah. And if this podcast has been something useful to you, something that you'd like to share, there's links for you to do that as well. Um, And especially if you are not signed up on our mailing list, um, do that. You can do that at the website and um, it will it will um, continue to give you notifications for when new episodes are posted. Yeah, we're careful. We don't we don't just like spam people. Oh, no. <laughs> I no. think it's probably the opposite. We, we don't it, yeah. do very much. Yeah, we try to we try to keep that minimal, but it's also because we want to be able to put things on people's radar as things are unfolding and ways to be praying and partnering with us and, and such. So, uh, yeah, social media, whatever it is, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, all the things, whatever people are using, uh, we'd love to just connect and hear your story. And hopefully look for the ways to wayfare together. And so And we really do think this podcast hopefully is just a conversation that we are including you in. So if there's a way that you would like to um, engage with us and, and some of the things we've been talking about, we would welcome hearing from you. So if you want to send us an email, kind of give us a window into your story and into how God is working in you, how he is rooting the hope of heaven in you, we would love that. And continuing that conversation in so many ways, it can look so many different ways. One of them is, I know being invited to come and share or teach or preach or speak 
uh, and connect in in your local church has been an absolute blessing. Over this last year, since launching the Brave Way Home, we've got to visit a lot of churches and tag in on some not just tough topics, but some deeper issues, deeper topics, and hopefully be a catalytic collaborative voice in yeah, that process. But it's been such a beautiful window to meet so many people and to make just this really precious connection with them in sharing our story and learning theirs. It's been a beautiful opportunity um, that God is just building wayfarers walking together. Yeah. In so many different local churches, in so many different locations, way beyond one region or one city or town, it's all over the place. And so um, maybe though, it looks like just letting us know how we can be praying for you and praying with you. Uh, We are people of prayer, and we believe in the power of prayer. And we want to be the ones that are not just asking and inviting people to pray with us and for us for the things that we're leaning into, but we want to be the people that are are lifting other prayer needs up. And so there's such an intimate bond in praying for somebody else and having the privilege to know um, some of the things that you guys are walking through, having the privilege to join you in prayer. There's just an intimacy in that. We, we want, we want that. Yeah. uh, And I, I, again, sometimes it looks like prayer, but sometimes like what we talked about uh, before, like treehouse time, sometimes it looks like, Hey, let's just get some concentrated time to create some conversation and lean into maybe the intersection that you are at, whether it's relational or vocational, educational, all the ollies, right? Like they're all spiritual intersections. And if we can be useful and speak into that, uh, we, we invite you to our treehouse. And we know one of the beautiful things about the, the treehouse is it's not just our sacred space. It's become very defining moments in a lot of people's lives and in their spiritual wayfaring, in their in their journey following Jesus. And so we've even had folks that it's like, okay, I can't physically be in the treehouse with you, but uh, yeah, we can always Zoom. We can always connect. We're having treehouse time with people all over the country, and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So however it is, we want to connect with you. If there are ways that we can serve you, we would absolutely love that privilege. Yeah, we would. So, um, hey, let's get to it. Let's okay. talk about this. Okay. Living, living as wayfarers. Living a, a life of wayfaring. Living as wayfarers. Another, any way you want to word it, honey. Like, and it's I mean, just building on the last episode where we ta- kind of talked about the, the foundations of heavenly thinking, invading earthly living, what that looks like, what that feels like, what those marks are in your character. And so this hopefully is just a discussion a little bit more of the practical application about how, how we actually put it to life, how it turns well, yeah. to action. Like how, 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 how we think, how we believe shapes how we live, mm-hmm. right? And so if, if we are thoughtful in a direction, then it's going to shape the actions of our life. It can't just stay theory. It, it becomes lifestyle. It becomes movements in our life. So yeah, let's talk about that. Okay. Let's talk about that. So what does living like a wayfarer look like? I would say one of the first things that come to my mind is purposeful. Uh, I think I think it looks like intentionality. I think, you know, I'm obviously I'm a husband, right? Like <laughs> you're still cool with that. Um, you're looking to be like, yes, yes, you are. I am, uh, but I'm also a dad, right? I'm also a neighbor. Um, I'm also a pastor. Um, 
I'm also a friend. I'm a brother. I'm a son. I'm an uncle. Um, I'm a bunch of different things, maybe, to different people. But one of the things that I, when I think of how this becomes practical, it has everything to do with intentionality, the purposefulness of seeing every moment as a gift. Mm. A lot of times we see things as interruptions, right? And maybe maybe they feel like an interruption or maybe they they are an interruption because maybe our plans needed to be interrupted. But purposeful is what kind kind of comes to my mind because I think God can use our yielded lives, even our 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 broken lives. Um he can use them in beautiful ways if we begin to see our moments as gifts instead of uh, something that we just are supposed to survive. It's something we can, moments that we can thrive in. Yeah. And I think there's an importance in remembering that Jesus is the one who authors our lives. He is the one who gives us our moments. And so he has specific purposes for it. He wastes nothing. And so walking out life in this world fueled by the Spirit of God, like it, with the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, are, are just moment after moment that we can say yes to God and step into the purposes that He has for our lives. Um, I think you say often that when you wake up in the morning, there's two things that are very apparent. One is that Jesus has not come back yet. And two is that there is a mission before us. And if God has us here, he has a purpose for us. And so purposeful is the meaning. And I mean, it says in Psalms that God will fulfill his purposes for my life. And so it's just a, a waking every morning, um, willing and yielding your life to the God who has gone before you to open doors before you. Yeah. And it doesn't just look like sitting at the dining room table with my Bible open and praying. It looks like the moments when I'm waking Ezra up and telling him it's time to get ready. And maybe the kindness and compassion that goes with uh, how hard it is for uh, a high school kid to get out of bed before seven o'clock in the morning <laughs> and get pumped about going to school. For right? anybody. I'm, right? I'm how old and I still... Ugh. You, you, if sleeping is a spiritual gift. Oh, I have it. You have it. It is mind boggling. You could lay down on gravel and you could fall asleep. And that you're like, yeah, yeah, I absolutely could. I'm not, I'm not ashamed. I know. I'm not. <laughs> I know. And maybe I'm just jealous because it's, <laughs> it's not a strong suit of mine. But it's in all of our moments, right? If every moment is a gift, then we're going to. We're going to allow those moments to be purposeful as God has intended them to be. And that means, I mean, the other examples that come to my mind is when we go on walks through our neighborhood and we take the dogs or the dogs take us, really, that, that's kind of sometimes what it looks like um, as the dogs are dragging us around the neighborhood. Uh, we're prayerfully hoping that we get moments with our neighbors, just to have interactions, just to connect with them because you have no idea what God wants to do at that moment. And I think about how many beautiful conversations, encouraging conversations I've had, conversations about way deeper things 
with my neighbors while wrangling dogs that may have felt or seemed to an outsider as unexpected. But if you see it as a gift, well, then you're going to lean into those moments. And, and it, But it, it requires that intentionality, right? Well, and it requires, I mean, you're, you're extroverted. So that is something that gets you excited. For me, yeah. I'm more of an introvert. And for me, it's more of a, I'm watching and waiting for the moments that God's inviting me into. Like, I'm going about the things that I need to do but I'm keeping my eyes open and keeping my heart yielded to follow the any kind of promptings, any kind of openings that the Spirit would give or that conversation would give to other people. I'm always trying to be ready to step into those deeper moments and make take something from a surface level to a deeper level um, at the grocery store or, you know, in the car rider line or um, just emailing with somebody. There's always... There's always ways that I know that God can turn something to something deeper, something um, purposeful, something yeah. meaningful. Well, and, and you make a very good point because, yeah, I'm like, I'm like a golden doodle. I'm like a golden retriever. Like I'm, I could have a conversation with, uh, I feel like anyone. Like I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm genuinely joyful, and I'm genuinely excited. To, to connect with other people. And sometimes that's pretty overwhelming. Like they're just like, whoa, just, are you really like this? I really am. <laughs> like I, if you've ever wondered if Ben was that excited to see you, um, Ben was that excited to see you. Like I really, I really am. But I also can see how what you're saying is like, there's still, um, whether it's introvert, extrovert, to remove it from that dimension of it, it's just the honest readiness it's the expectancy. It's living lives as yielded sacrifices, as living sacrifices. Yeah. yeah. So purposeful. Uh, I think that's one. Way. And I would, I mean, let me throw out one more thing. It's not just um, waking Ezra up in the morning, right? It's also scooping Lila up and mm-hmm. bringing her down and whispering truths over her heart coming down the stairs so that the first words that she's hearing in the morning is the way her daddy loves her, right? Like, um, to me, that's a huge piece of an awareness of the role that I have. Yeah. Like, that who I am now has everything to do with who my kids will be 20 years from now. Yeah. Well, and I, you can't think about carrying Lila down the stairs or scooping her up without remembering how we always did that for Kala, too. Yeah. Dressing her for herself oh in the goodness. morning, <laughs> asking her what she wants for breakfast, and she'd say, sleep. Yeah. Well, I mean, and for her, Kala, Kala, absolutely. Like, so her and Lila sharing a room, she had to get up a whole lot earlier than, than Lila did. Mm-hmm. And so I'd have to scoop her up out of bed and sneak her out of the room without waking Lila up. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, those, those moments to me, if you're going to live like a wayfarer, um, you're, you're going to seize every moment that you recognize. And it doesn't mean, again, you're not, it's, it's not about perfection. It's about following faithfully. It's about that readiness, that eyes open, hands open, hearts open, ready to be in those moments. And in the same way, speak truth, truth over your heart. Right. Like mm-hmm. in and reminding you, like, I know sometimes sometimes you, you may be like when I when I ask you most every morning, like, how, how can I serve you today? Um, sometimes you have an answer and sometimes you're like, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know yet. 
and I don't want to get any husbands in trouble by, by throwing that out there, but I, I do think there's something about openly declaring that I'm seeing what I, that part of the mission in front of me today is to, to love you well, right? To absolutely love you well. Yeah. And I think that just like you said, it's not always about perfection. It's about presence. Like if you're offering your That's a better presence, way to put it. <laughs> it's it's uh yeah, it can be it can be what people need it to be. <laughs> um What else kind, does it look like? Kind of building off of that, I think being uh living as a wayfarer looks like being obedient. Um, recognizing yes, you're watching for your moments because every moment is a gift and every moment can have purpose. Um but also being obedient and being willing to say yes to what God invites you into. That's a that's a big way f- that obedient like that living as a wayfarer has looked for me, um, where I recognize God is giving me opportunities, and I just have to decide whether I'm going to say no or if I'm going to say yes and walk into it. And there has been such a blessing in knowing that I don't have like the expertise or the experience or um, the credentials really to do what I feel um, is beyond me, but to recognize that the Holy Spirit can work through me and empower me to fill um, the purpose that he's set before me. Yeah, it's back to the conduits of the kingdom, right? It's back to the, how many moments do we do we go into and we're thinking I'm in way over my head and maybe that's how we are to be yeah. <laughs> like maybe that's maybe that's part of it right like I think we've our, our culture is trying to convince us to be an expert in everything that we've you know we have to know every strength and be the strongest at our strengths um and and the next thing you know we're comparing or competing with other people and where they're at in their life and this all those side missions right I think I think it's the reminder of, it's why we pray all the time. God, we're asking you to open doors and for you to give us the courage to walk through them. Mm -hmm. I mean, wouldn't you even say that that has shaped so much of the ministry model and all the practical ministry expressions of the Brave Way Home? Oh, completely. Completely. Because I'm not a speaker. And I even like just sitting here and talking with you, knowing that other people are listening, I still get a little like... But um, but I do know and I have experienced that God can use even broken people like me if I'm yielded in obedience to Him. And there's just a, there's almost a comfort for me in that I don't have to make the way. I don't have to decide which way I'm going to go and, and uh, pray that that's the right way or whatever. I just follow. I just say yes instead of no thank you. <laughs> like I just lean into it. Um, like the analogy in my head is always like, I'm not like jiggling every door handle saying open, 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 open. I'm just walking into the doors that God's already opened in front of me. So it takes some of the pressure off of having to decide what direction we're going and how we're going to do it. It's 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 literally watching for the open doors in front of us. And there's freedom in that, right? Oh, so much freedom. Yeah. So, so much like re- reduction of pressure. And it's not a lack of responsibility. It's alignment to accurate responsibility, right? Like it's not on us to save the world. That's that's God's job, right? Like you know what I mean? I think, but we how, <laughs> thank goodness, right? But <laughs> yeah. how much of life 
do we find ourselves placing all kinds of expectations and pressures on ourselves that God is that God has never given us? Mm-hmm. Um, we I, forget that we're following. We're not. We're not leading. We're following. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's masterpiece created to do the good works that he created in advance for us to do. So it's just being obedient, being watchful, being willing to um, accomplish the purposes that he's already set before us. Yeah, I think there's an expectancy, right? Like yeah. almost an eagerness, right? Like you're... A you're, readiness, yeah, a like readiness, you said. A preparedness, mm-hmm. an earnestness, like all kinds of really rich, robust words that I think speak to hope. And I know um, a lot of people who've ever heard me teach or preach or speak or just talk a lot, like I guess I am now, like whenever I love to talk about hope, I love to talk about hope. I love to talk about hope way before I recognized how desperately we must have it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that idea of having a good definition of what hope is, a certain expectation. There's a, there's a resolve. There's a certainty in that. And I, I think it's really important that when we go to look at how we walk out our faithfulness to God, how we wayfare through this life, uh, we, we should be pointing people to the hope that we have. It should be seen in, in all the things, and it should be deep, and it's, it should be genuine, Right? There should be a certainty. That's why when you think about this, this last season in our culture, like because of the hope that we have in Jesus, as the world seems to be so terribly uncertain, we shouldn't be surprised by that. Um, doesn't take the pain away, doesn't take the edge off of that, but we can be the ones that, that speak certainty and bring a steadiness into the uncertainty of those around us because of the hope that we have. Yeah. I always feel like there's like a parallel. I know that um, kind of early on in in my grief journey, I was reading through Exodus um, and at the same time reading through Hebrews. And that was such an interesting parallel. It was just jumping off the page to me that the Israelites are wandering, not wandering, walking through a wilderness toward a promised land. Um, they wandered later, but um, that there is such a parallel between us and between that picture of Exodus. We have been called out of the world. We are following our shepherd toward the promised land, toward home. And there's just such hope in that that puts the journey in perspective that it's not for nothing. It's not for just to get through but it is every step is leading us to the place that we've been called to, a, a homeland that's been prepared for us. And so there's just this hope that that gives the things that we walk through in this life um, meaning that it's not wasted. Every step is leading us faithfully further when we trust our shepherd and lead and follow him forward. Well, and hopeful is not. It's it's not wishful thinking, right? Like there's there's, there's firm pro- promises that yeah. pull us forward. If we believe that Jesus is who He says He is, then we believe He will do everything He said He will do, and so those are the promises that give you the the firm, sturdy hope to build on to to give you the strength to to take step after step. So purposeful, obedient, hopeful, 
What else we got? Um, maybe watchful. I think watchful because we as wayfarers are keeping our eyes on the horizon because we believe that our king is coming back. We believe that Jesus is coming back and that shapes and frames everything of our lives right now. It makes us, um, you know, not get cozy here. Like first Peter says, you know, this is not home. This is not where we live. It's not like we're building white picket fences around our campers on the way to the promised land. Like we have a home ahead and we are watching for the first signs of when Jesus is going to come back. So I think there's a watchfulness that, that accompanies living life as a wayfarer. I like that because I again it captures the eagerness. It, it's the, there's an expectancy, right? Mm-hmm. To me, I my mind kind of wants to dig into what does watchfulness look like as a mom, as a wife. What's it look like as in our in parenting? In I maybe I just I just threw out like <laughs> four four different episodes or, or something right there for you to. <laughs> well, like. I mean, it, it comes from the same root though, I th- and it goes back to scripture for me too, where it's like talk about these things with your children as you walk along the road, you know, write them on your doorposts, all that kind of stuff. Where when I have that hope, it is naturally on the front of my mind. It is act is naturally on the on the tip of my tongue, and so when I'm talking with my children about. Um, what life is and what our purpose here is and why we follow Jesus. That's so much part of it and that the end is not the end. And what we see right now is not all there is, that we follow Jesus and we trust Him because He has been so faithful in the past, because He is faithful in the present, and because He will be faithful in the future. So there is so much ahead that I point my children to, that I point my heart to, my friends to, hopefully everybody that I come into contact with and have a moment with that this is not the end. This is not it. If it was, we would give up. What what would we have here? But you alone have the words of life, Jesus, and where else would we go? We are looking forward to a home yet to come. And so there's just that way that it pours out of us when our, what is it, our minds feast on, no, our minds focus on whatever it feasts on. And so when the hope of heaven is what is before me, um, that is what comes out of me in conversation. I I'm, I just love listening to like you constantly quoting scripture. Like that's not just a podcast thing. Like that's just you. Like I just love how scripture <laughs> just pours out of you because it's in you. I, that's a that's a that's not a tangent. That's an affirmation. So I I love that. It it, it reminds me of my mom. It reminds me. So my mom, teacher for thirty nine years. Um, really good at teaching kiddos how to read, um, like turns out a specialist in that area. And, uh, I, I have the best mama. And one of the things that growing up that I, I, it just, it takes my heart to just hearing you speak about the way you point our children in that direction. I think about how my mom, um, had access to a laminator. I mean, you know what I mean? Like a laminator. And that woman laminated everything. (laughs) If she, if mom still had access to a laminator right now, she would be laminating everything. Like all of Jonathan's articles in the newspaper, all of the things that he won, right? That's a tangent. That's a whole (laughs) other episode. Um, 
uh, like all the things, but one of the things that was the most beautiful was how mom plastered scripture all over all of our walls, all over our, our doors, the mirror in the bathroom, everywhere scripture was. And I, I think about how even when mom wasn't the one speaking over us in the moment, she was surrounding us, surrounding us with the word of God so that whatever room we walked in, in our home, we were hearing we were hearing the words of God. So they, they became not just these laminated scriptures all over the walls. They just, they became in the walls of our heart. Mm. Um, and I just, it makes me think of that, that, that practical expression. And I don't know. I mean, I know mom, mom was absolutely intentional with that growing up, as was dad. Absolutely. That has that completely marked my childhood. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. That purposeful, that obedient, that hopeful, that watchful, that that surrounding. Goodness. Well, it shapes it shapes so much for 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 children. Um, I just think about our Ezra and our Lila, who have watched us walk through pain and who have walked through such pain themselves in separation from Kala, and it frames the present in such a way that it's not despairing, but it has, it has movement forward. We are heading somewhere. And so like it, 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 it combats the discouragement that can naturally come from living in a broken world and being disappointed in what the world has to offer that, you know, we were made to crave something that is not here. So our home must be somewhere else. That's like a bad paraphrase of another C.S. Lewis quote, but, um, it's just evidence that the things in us, the longings in us were made to be satisfied, but they can't be satisfied here. And so there's just a hope in that we point them forward. We are watching for it. It's not, it's not some anomaly that they have these feelings and these longings. There's a reason and there's a purpose and it's rooted in a firm hope ahead. And so we watch for it. Um, John 14, 15, 16, all of those passages are such hopeful things about how life in this world, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. But then in John 17, that he is praying for, God, I want these these friends of mine, these people of mine to be with me where I am, and and that when everything's ready, I will come and get you. There is so much promise in the Bible about how Jesus is coming back and how He loves us so much that He will return to set all things right. He has made the one way for us to return to the Father, and so He is like the first of a great harvest of souls that will be reconciled to God. Um, there's so much hope, but it is all um, anchored and, you know, built on the firm foundation of Christ's return and his power to rule over this world when he does. And I think one of the ways that we live through some of the disappointments that we face in this world is by keeping those promises ahead of us, keeping the firm promises given to us in scripture ahead of us. Like one of the verses that I have clung to is Hebrews 10, um, so do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. And then you will receive all that he has promised for. In just a little while, the coming one will come and will not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith. There's so much firm 
truth in the word of God that pulls us forward, things that pull our eyes to be watchful for the day that Jesus will return to set all things right. Like Second Peter 3 says, looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along because we are looking forward to a new heavens and a new earth, a world filled with his righteousness. There's so much to look forward to. There's so much joy ahead. We follow Jesus's example by keeping the joy set before us. And I think maybe just the verse that tops that, that like kind of emulates this whole idea of living as a wayfarer that I love is Titus 2, part of 12 and 13, that we should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ will be revealed. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. Living like a wayfarer looks like living in this world with wisdom, with righteousness, with devotion to God, while we eagerly look forward to the day that he returns. Purposeful, obedient, hopeful, watchful. Our, uh, our hope would be that as you lean into living like a wayfarer, and you ask yourself the question, what does it look like in my life to live like a wayfarer? That these would be words that God place on your heart for you to drape over all of the expressions of your life. Thank you again for wayfaring with us. And we want to invite you again, please reach out. Let us know how we can be praying for you as you continue to lean in and live like a wayfarer.